Hello, everyone. Coming in at the front of the show here. Um, we get some of the main characters' names wrong. It's very embarrassing, and we fumble through it. Um, I'll, I'll tidy it up, but mucho, mucho lo siento to uh, Lauren. Um, your film was fun. And uh, forgive us for spoiling them names, but we get it right. Don't worry. Ding dong. Uh, hi, uh, are you um, Eric? Yeah, uh, it's me, Eric. Uh, I heard you got a room. You want to rent out? Yeah. Um. So here, here's the kitchen. Here's the um, the bathroom. Here's here's your room. And uh, just a couple quick questions. Um. Do you have any? Wait pets? a minute. Are are these all three of these all together in one space? Yes. You, you showed them to me really fast. Yes, they are. Um. It's it's a studio apartment in New York City. Oh. That's convenient. This is I love the convenience. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, do you have any cats? Oh uh, no, I do not. But I love cats. I love cats. Okay. Okay. That's good. Um, do, are you a morning person? No, you don't understand. I really like cats. Like I think about them more than I should. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he meant by he's really into cats? I don't know. I thought he wanted to have sex with cats. I thought he was referring to a woman's nether region. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we are talking about... <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the Indie Film Review. That was a really stupid version of a scene <laughs> from a film that we watched today called Cohabitation. It was written and directed by Lauren Barker. Barker. And we will discuss that scene in length and width, because that's what we do here. We review independent films. Dan? Today we were sent a film called Cohabitation. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Barker actually sent this to us over on the gram. So if you are not on our gram, get there. And, um, yeah. <laughs> not the telegram, Dan. <laughs> wow. So, Dan, what is this movie about? This movie is about a... Um, paramedic who has a traumatizing event happen to her and she is in need of just you know g getting her life around like turning it around and she she moves out of her parents house she goes and she um finds a affordable place but the affordable place is not very affordable so she gets a roommate hmm. she's looking for a roommate and mm -hmm. um she finally finds one that she syncs up with and Slowly but surely, well, no, I wouldn't say slowly. Like we we start to find out this roommate's true colors as yeah as the movie goes on. And the film doesn't really hide that fact. I mean, the whole film revolves around her and this roommate. Even in the description, it says like you know there's something going on with this roommate, right? Yeah. So questions for you, Dan. Um, how did you like the camera work in this? This is a pretty standard question we ask, but I think it's so important with a lot of these films. I loved it. Um, it, it utilized the space very well, I think, mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of what they had to work with, like yes, the, the locations. I agree. 
Um, because a lot of this was in, in like apartments and yeah. you can only do so much when you're in an apartment. It's, it's so hard to film, especially if you're using a real apartment and not like a stage yeah. thing, which for sure they weren't doing that. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. The composition for all of them, like even in the low light shots are really great. Like mm -hmm. um, the, one of the climactic scenes is shot in low light. And I think that scene was really good. Yeah, I agree. I, so I, I thought the camera work was good in this. But do you do you feel like the camera work helped convey how characters were feeling through the shots? Do you know what I mean? So like the main character, Emily, who is an uh, she's a paramedic, but she's taking a break because she's having extreme uh, PTSD from certain events that happen that we'll talk about later. And like she feels like lonely and depressed and anxiety and I guess what I'm getting is I don't feel like the camera was doing a good job of showing that. Mm. Um, no, I feel like the camera was more concerned about conveying the the relationships between her and other people. Yes. Maybe it feels like a missed opportunity, what you're talking about, but I don't think that detracted from the movie in any way. Okay. Because, um, like I said, like the, the what what the camera did do was capture the moments where she was you know, having it off with her brother or having it off with her mom. Like those mm -hmm. moments were really good. Yeah. There are certain sections of dialogue. It's it, a lot of it was with her family that I was the most interested in, mm. especially with her and her brother talking. Mm. Uh, there's, uh, we'll talk about that scene later, but go ahead, Dan, you have a question. Okay. Let's paint the picture for you. All right. You have invited your roommate into your home and you're going to like be responsible and you're going to pay the rent together. And uh -huh. it's been a day or so. And uh -huh. <laughs> um, you come home late and your roommate yells at you for being late. What do you do? <laughs> I go, I've made a big mistake. I've made a big mistake having this roommate. Oh, you that's, don't just probably what I would say. You don't just like brush that off. Like it's not a huge red flag. Uh, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> So I understand there's time constraints when you're telling a story, yeah. right? This is an hour and a half film. You have to kind of keep the, you know, that pace moving along. But yes, that was a little jarring to me that she was, we could have eased into those red flags a little more because she, she starts to get very possessive mm. of Lauren and, and the roommate is Emily, by the way, the, the one that moves in. Emily. Um, I, I think another issue that I had with this film is that the whole deal with Emily, I wish there was more of a mystery mm -hmm. or more of like what's really going on with her. Even if we're like, okay, there's something wrong with her, you know, but we don't have to be like that blatant about it up front. I feel like the film goes out of its way to be like, here is exactly what's going on yeah. way, way too early. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that hurt my retention. Well, see, That's okay. So, so I, I agree with you, but what did that for me was not her acting like the way she was acting. It was, it was not like the possessiveness. What did that, what you just said, what, what pushed it over the line for me was the police investigation and how it was just so, it was such a attached plot line. Yes. Like it just so happened. It was happened, so obvious yeah. that it was, yeah. It, it just so happened that her, her brother's, wife or soon to be wife is a detective and she's working on this green street killer case or whatever i don't remember mm -hmm. the name of the killer i like those detectives yeah I no no being with them and following that storyline but it was so obvious there was no mystery to what mm -hmm. was going on 
And then that can kind of lead the mind to wander when you're like, okay, I already know where the scene's going. I know what's going on. Like you have to find attachments in other places, whether it's with, do you care? Do you like the characters enough or do you care about them and and like what's going to happen to them? But there's, I'll say there's some things later on that happen with characters that really upset me. (laughs) And, um, Uh, in, in, in a way to where I was like attached to them and yeah. I'm like, no, I hate this, yeah. <laughs> but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Me saying like, I'm mad that something negative happened to a character. That's actually good in my yeah, absolutely. Uh, respect because you're like, I've grown to care about this character. Yeah. Like what the fuck movie? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I think it, it did detract from my enjoyment. Just, I like a mystery. I like you know, questions. Yeah. And then I think the finding out motivations didn't really pay off. Yeah. Because th- th- I was going to say that that's where my questions lie. Like mm. those type of questions should be answered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the mystery questions, like they, they get formulated as you go and we didn't really have that. But then whenever, you know, certain motivations came up and certain actions took place, I'm like, why did that just happen? And that's mm-hmm. never really, yeah. never really answered. Yeah. So I, I feel like the motivation for Emily to stop being a paramedic and the motivation for Heather for being the way she is didn't feel strong enough. I will say that at first, um, the, the idea of quitting a, a paramedic job, like I, I, at first it felt underwhelming, but then I'm like, you know, PTSD affects everybody in different ways. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what you're signing up for. Like basically what happened is somebody um, died in, in, under her watch because she didn't, she was, she was underprepared. She didn't have a certain yes. tool and she tried to go get the tool from the ambulance. And whenever she just ran over there and ran right back, the guy died and um, yes. that upset her. And like, I get that, but Absolutely. the, Absolutely. the, the weight of it, the way that it's written, the way that it gives it a somber tone you feel like it's going to be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think like, what I'm trying to say is... She made a mistake yeah, and I, it cost someone their life. I, the, the, the film makes you feel like it's going to be a huge, huge thing. And it's just like, oh, you, it was a small mistake. And, like, the, the, it was immediately explained away. Like, her, her superior, her, her, um, her, her senior, she goes, you know, you did everything you could. And, like, it's true. You, you did yeah. everything you could. So... I mean, it affects different people in different ways. And we don't know how long she was doing the yeah. job for or any of the other past experiences of her. Yeah. It could, this could all just be building up and building up. Yeah. And finally, like this was the last thing that was like, okay, I can't take this anymore. How did you feel about the music in this movie? Do you feel like it enhanced the film? Was it something you didn't think about? It was something that I didn't really think about until one scene in the film. It was weird. Like there was like score happening and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the score stopped abruptly to insert a cell phone sound oh, effect. Oh, I didn't notice any weird audio issues. It wasn't a weird mm-hmm. audio issue. It was just like, to me, it sounded like a very abrupt cut in the score. And then a cell phone ring happened. So I don't know if that well, was I, done on purpose. Yeah, that can kind of be interesting where the <laughs> cell phone's interrupting the score. Well, that, that's totally like, I I, like I, I, I'm not saying that it's bad. It's just like, that was the only time that I started to think about the music. I'm like, uh, oh, there's okay, there's okay. score going on. So it, it's like the score, I, it was serviceable. It was very minimalistic because I don't really remember mm. too much of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. All right, so we're going to get into this movie. We're going to spoil it. Cohabitation came out in 2020. You can find you it, watch it on Amazon. You can find it That's on right. Google Play. You can find it on Tubi.tv. Or mm-hmm. you could find it on YouTube. That's right. And you can also find it in the classified ads where I'm looking for a new roommate to cohabitate with. That's right. Cats only. Cats only. Onlycats.com. Cut everything I've ever said out of the podcast. Thank you. Uh, Dan, we're getting into it, my friend. Where do you want to start? What is what is the thing, the topic that most interests you in, um, in talking about with this film? Let's start from the get go. Like, okay, she's okay. She's looking for a new roommate. Let's talk about this yep. this roommate montage. Oh, so it's like, like maybe the only lighthearted, yeah, kind of like funny scene in this. And I think for the most part, it worked. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I just I thought it was interesting that like. Tonally, it was different for sure. Yes, and yeah. it it like it was it was the the humor came out of awkwardness and then not out of like being yeah, yeah, yeah. you know written funny. It was written like to be awkward, and you're like, ooh, this is really strange. I don't like I don't like any of these people that she's interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as we referenced before, there was like a bearded guy who who started like really talking about how he liked cats. It was strange. Um, and I, I guess I took it the wrong way. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, who knows what the real interpretation? He was a creep, basically, and that's why he was dismissed and then from being. A there roommate. was there was a dude that like the first Nucci interviews. He, he comes in. He's like, oh, okay, uh, so so do you like party? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, he no. A, he had an interesting mannerism with like his his like uh, upper body. He would like move it around. It was, it was very strange. And then, uh, then he, he was she's like, like I got to get up in the morning. He's like, Oh, so you don't party then? He's like, no, he seemed like a party dude. You know, he's really feeling the vibes of the room. And I respect it out of those people that were interviewed. Who would you have picked if you had to pick one? Um, hmm. I already know my pick either Heather or grace. Which one was Grace? Grace was the the alt chick with the cool haircut. Oh, the goth? Yeah. I love her. Yeah, I would have picked her. Yeah. <laughs> She's cool as hell. She um, seems like she'd keep to herself. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what a great roommate. She's not going to bother you. Because what was interesting in this is like the two, the two characters, like Emily and Heather, they like eat together. And there's like this weird like married vibe to mm-hmm. them. When it's like, you guys just live together. You don't have to do everything together all the time. But I guess Heather was very possessive, mm-hmm. which I also kind of, I guess I see that because her parents had died and maybe she's like looking for, for attachments yeah. other places. Yeah, yeah. But then again, her whole motivation for being there is to kill paramedics because of what happened to her. Um, did you want to talk about that? Is that the motivation? Yeah. Did we're, we're uh, well, okay? Well, here's I was confused about that. That's what it felt like at the end. But my question is, how many other paramedics were murdered by Heather in the last? Like, I think she was just she killed the landlord. Okay, uh-huh. she killed she killed the detective guy. She killed Heather or not Heather? Boo! Was, wait, was it Heather? Are we? No, I forget the the, the uh, detective's name. I'll find out right now. Oh, I feel like we screwed up. I think the the detective's name is Heather. 
Sarah is the roommate, dude. And Heather's the detective. Are you sure? I'm absolutely sure. God damn it. Now we got to keep this in because I fucked up the name so bad. And now we got to explain all of this. I wrote in my notes, Heather roommate. That can't be wrong. That's that's in stone, my friend. <laughs> so I think the movie's wrong and I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right. So let's explain it one more time so we can fix this. Okay. So <laughs> Emily's the paramedic. Emily's the paramedic. Sarah Rickerson is the roommate because I remember her, I remember Heather the detective typing that into the computer to try to do background oh. check. We're sorry, Lauren. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I then I like Heather a lot. I love the detective. She's yes. the best character. She's great. I also like the brother. I thought the brother was uh, it, he had an interesting dynamic because like there was a really nice scene with uh, Emily and the brother, and they were talking about how he had like second thoughts about the uh, marriage. Cause he's like, I'm too boring. And she's like so exciting. And she does all this, like, you know, she doesn't have any time for me. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I thought that scene was just so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Of, like him having those second thoughts. Sarah kills Heather. Yes. And oh, boo. that was a very surprising scene, but that was also a scene that I, like, okay, it was, it was a scene where I'm like, Whoa, I can't believe that just happened. And I'm like, well, wait, wait, why, why did this just happen? What's going on? So the detective figured out that the killer was Sarah. Yeah. But I'm not, it felt like she really, it was a big leap, right? So she had run a background investigation on the roommate, found out that Sarah had some criminal history, but that's about it. You know, they didn't really, there wasn't anything like tying her to doing the murders really besides um her 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 name was changed mm-hmm. and the the detective found out that her parents were murdered in front of her yes so i can see how maybe the detective would want to question her maybe more yeah. i don't know but to to be like i'm going to call and be like oh no you have to get away from sarah she's going to kill you all but the lengths that sarah goes to like she taps Emily's phone mm-hmm. so she can like hack into her phone and like delete messages and do all this crazy shit. I, I feel like the, the, we talked about this before, but the connection between the case and what's going on with the roommate, I feel like it was, it was too one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Like it was too close. Uh, it felt like people were jumping to conclusions. Yeah. that uh, That's more so than that should be. That's what I felt was, was the, the status quo of this film. Like that's where the mystery kind of dissipated was like, it was jumping to conclusions. But what I did like was the murder scene of the um, landlord. I thought that <laughs> was really cool. So basically yeah, it was good. It just made me. S- oh no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about the landlord. Yeah. The yeah landlord. Fuck that landlord. <laughs> so landlord, landlord is a super big creep and he like hits on all the women in his apartment. And um, yeah, he, like he's introduced early because she's like, Here, here's half the rent. And then he's like, well, where's the rest? And then she's like, can I get it to you later? He's like, yeah, come in and we'll discuss it. And then he mm-hmm. looks like he has blood on his fingers. He's like, oh, I was just cutting meat earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, she's cutting like, no, oh. instead of going into your house, I'm going to give you the other half of the rent. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I won't eat. Instead, I will just pay my rent. Anyway. 
um sarah says hey uh rent rent dude can i give you your rent in 30 minutes and he's like yeah sure and then he like lets her come in and he starts being all creepy to her and then she um overpowers him somehow like it looks okay, like it was it looks like it was a struggle is what i'm trying to say you know what i mean so he he attempts to do uh, a sexual harassment yes. and possibly worse and so she like kind of knocks him away and she falls down now she grabs an umbrella and opens it in his face and he goes ah <laughs> That scene, unintentionally hilarious. Very interesting that that umbrella had that effect on that man. Um, But then she grabs a frying pan and hits him in the head. And I'm like, okay, okay. Now he's down for the count. So what proceeds to happen, though, is she ties him up with some cords in the house. And they show all of that. And I felt like it would have been a lot better if... He gets knocked out. We cut to black or something. And then we, we do like maybe a first person or he just wakes up and he's already tied up. Like why show all of that? I just feel like none of that was really necessary to what was going on. Well, here's what I think. Here's what I think <clears throat> is going on in my head. Well, why would I say that? Here's what's going on in my head. Um, here's the words that I'm about <laughs> to say right now. <laughs> um, so I really like Sarah as this this anti-hero we're not not anti-hero yeah she's good but i wish we cared about it a little more though like uh i, I just you know what i mean like here's to give it more of that anti-hero vibe what i think is happening is you you have an interesting premise but the premise is conflicting with itself because on one hand mm. you have you know sarah and her her homicidal urges and then on the other hand you have Emily, who this story is really about with PTSD, you mm-hmm. know, and like, I want to know more about the PTSD, but I also want to know more about the motivations behind the killings. Like, it yeah. just, like it, it feels like maybe there's a lot being juggled there. Mm-hmm. Like, what if we started to slowly learn about both characters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were both the main characters. Yeah. We're bouncing back and we're getting small pieces of what had happened yeah. instead of getting everything up front immediately. Be like, here's exactly what happened. Okay, now here's the rest of the film. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, one more thing I'd want to say is there were a few cliches in this movie that were, um, probably wouldn't bother most people, but to me, I'm just like, I can't, I can't see this in films anymore unless you're going to do something new with it. It's, it's kind of hard for me to watch. Uh, the sleazy landlord is, is kind of played out. I mean, it, it didn't offend me too much, but there's also another scene where the villain is like, we're not so different. You and I like <laughs> very close to that exact phrasing. And, um, I can't have that. I can't have that. In the film. I'm sorry. God, Jared, I disagree. You can't do it. I you gotta stop. I disagree. Um, I, I'm okay with cliches. I, I think they're okay. Like I, the landlord, not so much. Cause like, guess what, Jared? Landlords are terrible. All landlords yeah, are sleazy. Yeah, most of them are. All landlords that's are sleazy. That's why I aspire to be a landlord. <laughs> but not sleazy. I'll be the respectful landlord. Yeah, okay. Who doesn't make a... Listen, if your landlord's coming directly to you to get the rent, you should just leave. Like, don't... <laughs> There's no reason he should come and pick up the rent like that. That's very strange. And I don't know. I, I just... I. I have a soft spot for like corny dialogue. Like <laughs> we're not so different. You and I. 
I do too when maybe there's like a self-awareness to it or if it was, I don't know. Jared, you're not so different, you and I. I know. Really quick, I want to praise the low lighting scene of the climax where Sarah yeah, gets killed good. in the flower shop. Kilt? Um, Sarah or Heather? Huh? Sarah gets killed in the flower Who knows show. What's going on? <laughs> Sarah gets killed in the flower shop, and 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 Emily she kills Sarah exactly how she says that she would kill yeah. the killer, and that Cuts would that be fucking artery. Yeah, slicing the uh, what what is it the carotid artery I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the neck. Yeah. Oh, one more thing too. So Sarah does a does a kill murders this uh, serial killer person, which is good, but then that makes her want to become a paramedic again? No. So here's here's uh... what I thought was going on. She she sliced that artery, and then she had this moment where she like went back and thought about all the stuff that she did, and she's like, should I save her or try to save her or not? Th- uh-huh. That's what I thought was going on in her head. And then she's like, uh... you know what? No, you're, you killed my, my homegirl. Damn, dude. And then she's like, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Damn. Go to sleep. Yeah. Go to sleep. Overall, I enjoyed uh, it. I think it's a fun watch. It, like, the, the, the um, it's, it's a little hand-holding in terms of the mystery, like you said, and motivations aren't 100% clear, but it, it's, it's mm. fun. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Uh, okay. Thank you, everybody, for watching. I appreciate it. Diane? Yes. What you What'd you do then? Blah. You can find us on Twitter at Indie Film Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Indie Film Review Pod. You can email us at theindiefilmreview at gmail.com. Um, you can do all those things and tell everybody about us on those things as well. Hell yeah. I thought there was more to that. Oh, pod, pod, pa- Patreon, <laughs> Patreon? Patreon. Patreon. We have a Patreon. Listen, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, we got that. Go ahead. Yeah, Patreon, uh, <laughs> PayPal, if you want to donate to us. Again, thank you all for listening. If you'd like to play our podcast to your film students, I'd 100% appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very inside baseball thing to say, and it, it, in no way is targeting a specific person that may be listening to this. Uh, <laughs> Thank you all again for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, peace and love to all of you. Dan, you have the final word. You know why I like cats so much? Oh! Because why? I'm five cats in a trench coat. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Cat <in your> party. <laughs>
in Gunpowder, Treason, No Plots, a 5th edition D&D podcast. Be sure to listen on any of your favorite podcast providers. Part of the Necropodicon Network. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen.